This is The Actors Room, episode 58, and today we discuss the film Mother. I said that kind of loud because it has an exclamation point at the end. Darren Aronofsky directed this film, and it came out last year, 2017. Folks, holy shitballs. I watched this on Wednesday night. I had no idea, none, what the film was about. Zero. I had seen it on Netflix for quite some time, probably a few months. I will flip through things, as I've said in the past, and um, it always intrigued me, the, uh, the cover. I don't want to say the cover, but, you know, you're flipping through Netflix, and you see a film, and it had Jennifer Lawrence, and it said Mother. And every time I saw it, I was intrigued. Like, what is this movie? I've never heard about it. I don't keep up with the recent films. I'm getting better. Getting much better, actually. I am watching more and more films this year, I'd say. Where in years past, I kept to the older films and just kept re-watching, re-watching the films that I love. Well, how am I going to expand myself? How am I going to learn anything new? experience new things if I keep watching the same things over and over again. So I'm glad that I sat down Wednesday night and watched this film. Went into it knowing nothing about it. And is through my research, I found that this movie had a lot of hype coming out. Darren Aronofsky the director of this film, also directed some of my personal favorites. One of them called Requiem for a Dream with Jared Leto. Creepy, but fascinating film. Also did The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. Brought Mickey Rourke back into the scene. And uh, uh, Darren Aronofsky approached Rourke to do The Wrestler. And it really did wonderful things for Rourke, nominated for Academy Award, got him back into the picture. And Mickey Rourke has stated that he does appreciate the fact that Darren had faith in him and truly helped him in the film. Show, show us that he had a lot of respect for Darren. He deserves it. He gives some great films. Uh, another one that's kind of forgotten about, Black Swan with Natalie Portman. Didn't know he directed this. And when I saw Black Swan years ago, I was entranced. And it's kind of hard to find. It's never on any of the uh, Netflixes, Hulus. I've never seen it on there. I look for it, actually. I want to see that again. A lot to say. The guy has a lot to say. Reminds me of a Kubrick. When he does a film, it is artful. It means something. Isn't that what it's all about? We want to watch a film and we want to feel it. I watched this film, Mother, and oh, did I feel. I have anxiety issues. Just a little bit. I'm being sarcastic. I have big anxiety issues. I watched this film and I was jumping out of my seat. I actually don't seat, uh, seat. I actually don't sit on the couch very often. 
I sit on the floor. That's I've always done that. I was jumping up from the floor, going, oh, damn. I was expressive. I was vocal. I was yelling at my television set. My wife, sitting behind me, is like, how can you watch this? I'm done. She left. <laughs> she went to bed. It be, I'll tell you something. This is what she did. I'm watching this. By halfway through, it's getting hectic. And my wife behind me says, wow, this is weird. And I agreed. And I went into this movie not knowing anything about it. And that's a good thing. I hope and pray some of you out there go watch this film. Don't read up on it. If you haven't already, you get more out of it. If you don't know anything about it. I thankfully knew nothing about this movie before I watched it. Thank you. And I had what we would call my own opinions about things. I was just entranced by the whole experience that Darren Aronofsky gave to the audience. And my wife, before she went to bed, read up on what happens later on in the film. She couldn't help herself. She knew she wouldn't be watching it like me. So she read up about it, closed her phone, looked at me and said, uh, yes, I'm going to bed now. Good luck. <laughs> so I paused the movie. I walked upstairs to tuck her in. I do that. I tuck my wife in. She goes to bed early. She loves to sleep. Me, I've always been a night owl. Since I was a kid, I just don't like to go to bed early. Even when I'm tired, I stay up till about midnight. So she's, uh, you know, telling me that there are things that happen later on in the movie that she couldn't even watch. So she was glad that she was going to bed. And she wished me luck. Good luck, she said. I couldn't wait to see the rest of the movie. And folks, we'll get into this. Um... Those of you listening that haven't seen it yet, I'm sorry. They're spoilers because I want to get into what the movie meant. What Darren proclaimed it to mean. It's deep. He put a lot of thought into it. Although he says he wrote this script, he wrote it too. He wrote this script in five days. He had a lot to say. It was flowing through a man. The guy was inspired by something. He says he wanted to do a film, a horror film, where there are strangers or unwelcome people coming and invading your home. This has been done many times, but he put a spin on it. He sure did. This is one of those rare films, for me, that come along every now and then. And when you're done watching it, you, you are affected. I was affected. I went to bed squirming, stressed, full of anxiety. It touched me, made me feel something. And that's when you know that the creator of this film did his job. He got a reaction out of people. I read up on the film after I watched it and went, oh, okay. It makes sense now. Wow. And then I watched it again the very next day. I let it seep in for about half a day. Couldn't help myself. And then watched it again. 
Mind you, there are people out there that absolutely despise this film. Many people despise the film. I went on, checked out all the remarks, comments, reviews. I would say 80 to 85% of the audience absolutely hates the film. And I mean, I went through about 30 straight reviews that were 1 out of 10 stars saying it was the worst movie they've ever seen. And I shake my head. Are you fucking kidding me? (sighs) There's a lot of bad movies out there. So what they mean is they couldn't take it. And they say, oh, Darren's being pretentious. And that might be the case. He was expressing how he feels about certain things in religion putting him on screen, he got himself into there, what he was feeling, what he feels about life, about God, about earth, in our state, in matters, of what it all means. Fascinating concept. Folks, a movie like this doesn't come around very often. It doesn't. And those that hate it have a reason. And their reason makes sense. I'm not telling you how to feel. That's not my job. I'm here to express how I feel about it and what it means to me. And although this film very controversial, it's about religion, God, and things of that nature. Touchy subjects. That's why people didn't like it. They felt it too touchy, too much. And uh, the message itself unnecessary. The meaning behind it, unnecessary. How dare you do these things on screen and make me feel this way? I guess through my research, I found out that many people that watched this film in the theater couldn't take it and left in droves. That just, I guess I can understand it if they're leaving because Uh, The anxiety issue, um, those that suffer from that, I guess I can get it in that way. That it was so intense they had to leave. Okay. But those that left um, because they didn't like it, I think left in the part of the movie that we will get into later about a baby. So here we go. This is some heavy shit. Darren Aronofsky, 2017. Mother, this is my advice for people who haven't seen this movie yet. Watch it. Don't read up on it. Watch it. Let it sink in. Because of the fact you really don't know what it's about, what its meaning is, so on. Let it affect you for a day or two. And in the process, read up on it. Look at opinions, and Darren himself, the director, will give his meaning about it. He's open about his writing process, how he went about directing it, and its meaning. It's fascinating. And you go, wow, okay, I guess I understand that now. And then when you watch it for the second time, you go, okay, I get it, brilliant. And then you see other things. Um, I'm anxious to watch it for the third time because I know that I will be getting even more out of it with my third viewing. And then I also feel that as I continue watching it, and folks, 
I'm sure I'll be watching it a dozen times. Getting something out of it every time I see it. This is a masterpiece. And those who do not like it, I'm sorry that you feel that way. You're missing out, man. You're missing out on art. People say, oh, it's an artsy-fartsy movie. And if you don't appreciate those films, you don't. I do. I love the grittiness. These are movies that aren't done like this all the time. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with Darren going out there and doing something so controversial? Let's make people think. People don't want to think anymore. I don't know. It angers me that so many people don't like this movie because I felt it to be brilliant and very close to a masterpiece. I guess Martin Scorsese loves it. That's saying something right there. I'll take his opinion over Joe Schmo sitting in the audience. And he feels it'll stand the test of time in this movie will be discussed over and over again and eventually become a cult classic. I agree. Art has a goal. An ultimate goal. And that is to make you feel something. Whether it's good or bad, art should produce a reaction. And if it does that, then art is doing its job. And the person behind that piece of art is doing their job. Simple, right? This film made me feel something. And one of the feelings it gave me, like I said before, was severe anxiety. There were moments I screamed out loud. I was moving around, engaged. After your first viewing, and you do your research... You'll get more out of it. And I couldn't wait to watch it again. I'm looking forward to watching it a dozen times. I am. There are more people out there that hate it than love it. Mother is bizarre and full of symbolism. There are many different takes on what the plot truly means. There's an obvious relation to the Bible. And the director confirmed it. From the very beginning... To the end, we get an interpretation of the Bible and Mother Earth. Um, I also feel that the overall message is about art and life. Two of the most favorite subjects that I like to discuss, art and life. And this is why I wanted to highlight the movie Mother in the Actors Room. My name is Jeff Tarowski. Thank you so much for taking the time listening to this episode and it's a movie only I've only done a few movies so far I've done the Christmas movie um, the uh, National Lampoon's one with Chevy Chase did that last uh, Christmas I did The Godfather that was episode number 10 I did The Fisher King with Robin Williams and Jeff Bridges and I think I also did oh it's escaping me right now I think I did another as well But uh, very rare doing a movie. And the one thing that I don't like doing is getting too deep into the plot. Going like scene by scene. Because that's really fucking boring. You don't want to hear me go on and on about the movie. Dissecting every fucking line. That's just not fun. 
it's not fun for me, and I don't think it's very fun for the people listening. So I'm going to go ahead and point out what scenes uh, grab me in a way that uh, need to be talked about further. Okay, I'm going to reveal uh, what Darren decided to do with the film in regards to the characters, what they meant, who they represent, um, the underlining theme of the movie, uh, kind of what he felt or feels about Mother Nature and our place in it. Uh, I think this is what the movie is really about, is Darren's displeasure of how we treat our environment, everything around us, uh, the earth, um, how beautiful earth is, uh, how beautiful life is, and the mistakes that we're making as a race, the human race, and also our relationship to not only the earth, but our creator. So here we go, touching on some of the things in the film that uh, grabbed me. A lot of it did. So let's do it and talk about Mother. I guess you can say that Mother is a horror movie. Um, more of a... <laughs> I don't know. A Darren meant it to be a horror movie, and the last half of it surely is disturbing. Uh, a lot of visual, a lot of things going on, things moving very fast. So you can classify it as a horror movie. So here we are in the depths of Halloween season. I mean, it's October 20th here as I'm recording. So, wow, a week and a half, it'll be Halloween. This week, oh man, this week went fast. This whole month of October has gone so freaking fast. Hasn't it? It has. Horror movie. Psychological movie. Horror movie. Halloween. That's why it's so appropriate to talk about this movie. Moving on. The feel of the movie is strange. And you can recognize it right off the bat. As soon as you start watching it, you go, okay, this movie's different. It's got a different feel to it. And that's what grabs me right away. Something different. You know that. Is if it's something eerie and you can actually feel it in the air in the movie. Like it just the feel of it already. You're like, all right, I'm in for something different. Jennifer Lawrence plays the main character. And I just want to say, before I move any further, she does a phenomenal job in this movie. I love her as an actress. I really do. There are no names given to any of the characters in the film. Jennifer Lawrence struts about the house majestically, I thought. Her feet planted firmly on the ground. She, through most of the film, I think, all of the film, she has no shoes on. It was a choice she made as an actress, she said, that she wanted to be one with her surroundings. The movie takes place in a big, beautiful house shaped like an octagon. Eight sides, big and beautiful. And in the very beginning of the film, you get a shot of a woman burning, her face burning. And uh, then you see a man and uh, that is Javier Bardem. He's good too, by the way. He is shown presenting us, the audience, 
his admiration for a crystal that he holds in front of him. He places it onto a stand, and once he does that, the fire becomes ash, and everything becomes beautiful again. So, we are seeing from the very beginning, something happened, uh, something fierce. Uh, fire signifies uh, de- destruction. And once that happened, and Javier put the crystal onto the stand, it signified life. Life. And we get to see things become alive all around the house. Looks nice. And uh, the first shot we see is Jennifer Lawrence, who we're going to call Mother. She wakes up, looks around, and says, Baby? She struts around, looking for her husband, who is Javier. And he's called him. But he's also known as the poet. So we'll call him the poet. And he kind of comes behind her, scares her. They have a little moment, and from the very beginning, you can see tension in the relationship. Right off the bat, you could tell she adores him. And he looks at her with a bit of reservation, I think, uh, and avoids her at one point. She wants to become intimate. He backs away. So right off the bat, there's a little bit of tension to take hold of. So uh, we're going to go ahead and mention... A few other scenes in the film, not a few other, but other scenes in the film that stuck out to me. And I think the beginning of the film is a lot more detailed than the second half. So we're going to concentrate mostly on the first half because there are a lot of biblical references uh, pertaining to the Bible. I have a note here that uh, Javier Bardem's character, the poet, is about 20 years older than Jennifer Lawrence. I think they did that on purpose. And uh, the poet has writer's block. He's a writer, and he's trying to push through the writer's block. She's being very supportive of him. And you can see Mother loving her surroundings. You can tell the house means a lot to her. And because there was a fire in the house, she's looking forward to restoring it, taking care of things. This is her world. And I have here that she's very, um, she touches the wall. And when she does so, she could see how uh, the state of things are in her world. She touches the wall. And we kind of, Darren shows us what's inside the wall. And what I got was, it was a beating heart. And at times, like in the very beginning, the uh, beating heart is strong. She sees it, feels it. And she likes it. So Darren's showing us just the relationship between the home and mother is strong. Uh, A difference between the poet and the mother. The poet needs inspiration. And guess what? There's a knock on the door. Strange. This house is in the middle of nowhere. And they don't get much visitors. Who's at the door? Ed Harris. Oh, yeah. We love Ed Harris. I know I do. And when I see Ed Harris in a movie, I go, okay, this movie just went up a notch in my book. (laughs) This movie's going to be good. Uh, Anyway, the Harris character explains he was told that this house was a bed and breakfast. And oops, it's not. But the poet asked him to spend the night. Says, why go out there? 
just stay with us. We we love the company. And uh, Jennifer Lawrence's mother is a little put off by this, obviously. She doesn't like it. A stranger? We can't trust this guy. I don't know about this. The poet says, you know, why not? What are we going to do? Send him away? That's wrong. And then later on in the scenes that involve Ed Harris, in the very beginning, you get the sense that um, Ed Harris's character, okay, looks up to the poet because the poet has a few books lying around that he wrote. And Ed Harris is, I don't know, plainly uh, gushing over this man's work and says that, oh, it's my favorite book. I really love your work. Ed Harris goes on to say that he's a doctor. This is not true. Later on, it is revealed that he's just a big fan of the poet and he's dying. Uh, His character coughs a lot. He smokes cigarettes, so it's obvious that he's dying. And his last wish was to go meet this poet because he's his favorite writer. He's a fanatic. And this is um, further explained in the movie. When Mother is rooting through Ed Harris's stuff. And, by the way, Ed Harris is Adam. In reference to the Bible, Adam and Eve. He signifies Adam. So I guess we'll call Ed Harris Adam from now on. Mother looks through his things. She doesn't trust him. And sees that he has, Adam does, a picture of the poet in his stuff. Weird, she thought. So now it's kind of revealed that uh, the doctor, which was not a doctor, but Adam, is a fan of the poet. Adam, the fan, is also intrigued with the crystal he sees displayed in the house that signifies life. The poet explains that the crystal means everything to him. And Adam shall not touch it at any time. And it's obvious that the poet means it. Don't touch the crystal. It's off limits. So Adam and the poet talk and drink most of the evening. Mother falls asleep in her room, and she awakens to see that the poet is still not in bed. What's he doing? She walks downstairs and notices that the bathroom is occupied, and she hears retching, opens the door, and Adam is throwing up in the toilet, and the poet is right with him, holding him, helping him. And you also notice there are uh, there's blood on the, uh, the doctor or the fan, There are so many references to things. I get mixed up sometimes. He has blood by his ribs. And guess who shows up next? Eve. Played by Michelle Pfeiffer. I haven't seen a movie with Michelle Pfeiffer in I think about a decade. I'm not sure if she does a a, a lot of stuff right now that I don't watch. That's probably the case. But I was like, oh my God, Michelle Pfeiffer. She plays Eve and she is a bitch. A straight-up fucking bitch. The way she treats mother in this movie turned me off. And I want to say, the one thing I didn't like about Darren's choice of portraying Eve. She's too bitchy. She should have been a little more mysterious. It was way too obvious her disdain for mother. And the way she treated her and her home. She pushed her way in. And uh, was very disruptive, uh, a little bit too nosy, 
and downright rude to mother. And this is when I started to get a little upset <laughs> because I was so involved in what was going on. I felt Michelle Pfeiffer's character, because nobody had names. I guess she was just the wife. The way she just pushed herself around in that house, helping herself to everything, snooping around. She actually went into the room that has the crystal and mother's like, you don't belong in there. Leave. And then mother would be like, well, what's the big deal? Why are you being so blah, blah, blah? All this movie affected me. Not only because it had deep, dark meaning, but just plain as day. Life. If some lady was walking around my house, snooping around, nosing around, she has no fucking business going in rooms that don't belong to her. Man, so right off the bat, this was probably at the 30-minute mark. I'm starting to get itchy. (laughs) Like, I start, like, moving around a little bit. Like, I don't like it. It was making me very, very nervous. All right. Okay. So this happens next. All right. Adam and Eve get nosy. They pick up the crystal that they're not supposed to touch, by the way. They're like kids. Adam and Eve, they're like fucking kids. They're snooping around, touching the crystal. Guess what? It breaks. It shatters everywhere. The poet storms in. Sees what happened, gets down on his hands and knees, and tries to restore it. And screams. And obviously he's pissed. How dare they do this? I told them not to fucking touch it. Mother says, I think it's a good idea that you leave now. Adam and Eve say we're sorry. It was an accident. And the mother doesn't care. Get the fuck out. (laughs) She doesn't say that. But, you know, if I were her, I would have said that. This is an opportunity for me to say, get the fuck out of my house. A good enough reason, you broke his crystal. One of the most important things in his life. If not, the most important thing in his life. You smashed it. He told you not to touch it. I told you not to touch it. How dare you? Get out. Eve looks at mother and goes, what's the big deal? And walks away. That angered me. My my palms are sweating thinking about it. How dare you? Treat her that way. This is her home. You should get out. <laughs> Mother looks in on the poet and the disaster that happened. He is so upset, he takes the broken crystal in his hands, squeezes, and blood comes out. He's that upset. She notices this. He looks over at her and says, Give me a moment. <laughs> She closes the door and approaches the room that Adam and Eve are in to probably tell him, why don't you leave quicker? She hears moaning, looks into the room. Adam and Eve are getting fresh. I guess that's a very appropriate time to start fooling around. This movie's weird, man. And of course, like, I'm not kidding. Five seconds later, okay, you see the poet start boarding up the room the crystal was in, saying, oh, this will keep him out. This signifying the Garden of Eden or Paradise. Uh, The fact that when Adam and Eve ate the apple in the Garden of Eden, in the very beginning of the Bible, this is what all starts it off, folks. God told Adam and Eve, do not eat from this tree. Everything else in this world is yours, but this tree. Eve couldn't help herself, okay? A snake, the devil, 
told Eve it's okay to take a bite out of that apple. It's fine. So Eve said, hmm, that apple does look juicy. She took a bite, and from then on, we were pretty much banished from paradise. Until the New Testament came along, of course. We'll get into that later. So let me go ahead and uh, let you know that this part in the movie explains our abomination into paradise. He's boarding it up. They won't get in there anymore. And then uh, we see Cain and Abel next. Another story in the Bible. Cain and Abel were brothers. And in the Bible, they are the sons of Adam and Eve. They don't get along. Cain is very jealous of his brother. And in the movie, it's the will they're fighting about. They start fighting and then Cain kills Abel with a doorknob. And in the Bible, I believe Cain killed Abel with a rock. Pretty close. A lot of symbolism in this movie, folks, about the Bible. And it's plain as day after you do research on it. Darren himself says that was the whole point. It's biblical. So interesting. The dying brother is rushed to the hospital and mother is left alone in the home. And you notice mother never really leaves the house. That is her domain, signifying mother nature. That's her home. She cleans up the blood and it's on the hardwood floor. The kid died right there on the hardwood floor and she's cleaning it up with a towel and notices there's a little bit of a spot that looks like it's just not going away. The poet returns home to say that the brother died in his arms. She says that is absolutely horrible. They hug and go to bed. Moments later, there's commotion downstairs as mother and the poet sleep. The poet invited the family to come over and they can use the house for the funeral. Wow, didn't even ask mother if that's okay. Just invite a shitload of people over to the house. No problem at all. My house is your house. <laughs> Mother's like, unfucking believable, man. What are you doing? And uh, the poet says, I'll go downstairs. I'll take care of this and make them feel at home. The guests treat the home like shit. Mother approaches Eve and says she is sorry for her loss. Eve says nothing to her, gives her a disgusting look, and walks away. <clears throat> Ooh, okay. God, I hated that part in the film. Hated. Then Mo Michelle Pfeiffer doing a just a great job. I hate her so much. Then moments later, Mother and Eve talk again. And Eve treats Mother like garbage in her own home, telling her that she has no idea what it's like to lose something and that she should dress more appropriately for the occasion for if she is still in her, you know, bed clothes. And how dare she? Why don't you go upstairs and put on something more appropriate, Eve says. I want to talk about this moment because this is when I start getting really angry. My anxiety rose a lot at this point. Because I truly despised Michelle Pfeiffer's character at this point. Being so rude, crude, and telling mother how to act, look, dress in her own home. 
And later we're going to go on to talk about what that means. It's deep, man. And I love it, by the way. I just do. The symbolism and what the true meaning behind everything means makes sense. It's abrupt. It's dark. And it means something deep. All right. I know. I'm so general right now. You're probably like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, explain yourself, dude. You're being so vague. Watch the movie. Research it. Listen to this show. And then you'll understand. All right. Okay. The guests show no respect for anything. There's a couple that sits on the kitchen counter. Mother tells them, get down. Because the counter, it's not properly supported. It could rip off the wall. The couple gets down. But they get back up moments later. Mother tells them again, get down. It's not supported. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> they get down and then they like talk amongst themselves. What's wrong with her? It's her fucking house, man. Do what she says. Thank you. Guess what the couple does? Seconds later, they get back on the fucking counter. She looks back. It's like, what is going on? Get down. And then they start jumping up and down with their asses on the counter, mocking her. Saying, look, it's fine. There's nothing wrong. Guess what happens? It breaks. And then you get the significance of this scene with the water pouring out of the walls. <laughs> signifying the flood. Noah, the flood. And a mother, she can't take it anymore. She's had enough. She screams and yells, everybody get out of my house. That is it. And they do. They do leave. Uh, Ed Harris and his family Get the fuck out. Adam and Eve's family, get out. They leave. Whew. I'm so relieved that they're gone. The way they were treating the house at one point, this is also interesting. Mother's walking around the house, sort of seeing what's going on, how the guests are going upstairs and a couple goes into their bedroom and sits down on their bed and she's like, what are you doing? Get out of my room. That would freak me out. And then a little later on, there's, People painting her house. I would freak the hell out if I saw somebody painting my house. Like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm supposed to do that, not you. I understand you want to help out. Good for you. But that's my job. It's not your place to start painting my house. And the guy says, well, we're just trying to help you out. It's our way of saying thank you uh, for helping us and uh, having us here today. Uh, and this signifies how... Uh, us as humans try to help the earth in our own little way. And how Mother Nature's probably like, it's okay, just stop. <laughs> I love the little things that Darren put in here. That was the first half of the film. The second half gets crazy. Real crazy. Uh, Mother Nature and the creator, the poet, God... Struggled with their relationship. The poet needs inspiration. And he liked having people in the house. The people were his creation. Humans. Humans make him feel good. The earth is just not enough to fulfill God's needs. The artist. The creator. The poet. Man is interesting to him. Mother doesn't feel the same way. She finds humans do what they want. With no 
consequences. They don't appreciate her home. And she asks the poet why she isn't enough for him. And she wants a child with him. You can't even fuck me, she says. He's taken aback by this and charges at her with passion. She actually resists him, but then gives in. They wake up the next morning and she says with a smile, I'm pregnant. The poet is pleased with this and finds inspiration to write now. He's excited, he's inspired, and mother is happy. Months go by, and mother is about eight months pregnant. There's a crib waiting for the baby to be born. The poet finishes his writing. He shows the mother. She reads it and cries and says it's beautiful. She even worries that he will leave her now. And he assures her he's not going anywhere. This writing signifies the New Testament. The poet's publisher calls on the phone. She loves it as well. The press want to talk to the poet. It looks like the project is a success. Later on that evening, the poet and mother are about to have dinner to celebrate his success. Then fans start coming to the house. This is when it starts getting crazy. Before you know it, there are people everywhere and chaos ensues. The first thing we see is a mother and a child coming into the house. The child has to take a piss. And mother's like, well, this is no public bathroom house, (laughs) you know? And the kid ends up pissing on the floor. And she's like, oh, okay, we'll get you to a bathroom. And in the bathroom, there's already some guy taking a piss in there. And that's when you know things are going to start going bad. And then there's like a line outside the door for people to use the bathroom. Folks, the chaos that happens after that is a way to show how uh, humans come in and they are fans of the poet. They like what he had to say, right? God, the creator, the artist, his uh, creation of humans, the word, the religion, people adoring him. And in the process, um, going through their stages of progression uh, for being human, how it starts off real innocent, and then before you know it, they're treating her home like a a dumpster. Uh, They're taking up all the resources. Uh, They start eating the food immediately, taking it. She says, that's not yours. They take it, you know, Um, and they use up the resources. And then eventually, of course, they start fighting. You see... uh, loud music, dancing, chaos, people pushing one another. And then you see sex where you have, uh, you have portions of the house being used like, you know, churches basically and how, um, they are praising the poet for his work and paying homage. He actually sits down at a table like a writer would signing books. Well, he takes a position in the house with a desk And he starts signing things and they're praising him. And let's get into this now. Darren, the director, is giving us his opinion on life here. You have the poet that signifies God. And I realize I'm saying signified too much. I'm going to stop saying that. Javier Bardem, the creator, the poet, is God. Jennifer Lawrence, mother, is Mother Nature, the world. Okay, 
And then you have Ed Harris as Adam, Michelle Pfeiffer as Eve, you have Cain and Abel, and then you have the other humans in the film, okay? Nobody has names. That's the human race. Bardem's character, God, is fascinated with humans. He created them, okay? As much as the creator is inspired by Mother Nature, and by the way, Mother Nature is also his creation. It's not enough for him. Yes, he built this beautiful world, but he needs the world to have humans in it. Humans make things interesting, though good or bad. I think that's a fact. And God is inspired by us. This is through Darren's eyes. He makes God happy. We make God happy. And God being the ultimate being accepts the way we are and is continuing to work on his creation, his project. How can he make this work, make things better? And this movie is a cycle. And the uh, plot, I think, is pretty much the same every time he does it. Okay? He goes through the motions and it always ends badly. But he does it again. He keeps trying. There's got to be a way to make it right. Can humans be saved? And I think that humans, in the religious aspect, um, praising God and God actually liking it. He, in the film, Javier Bardem, is very, uh, not arrogant, but he does think of himself too much in the movie. It doesn't take to heart what Mother Nature tells him. He doesn't love her as much as she loves him. And I, it bothers Mother Nature, okay? And that's just the way the creator is. He's more interested in the inspiration, the art of life. Mother Nature, if it were up to her, it would just be her and God. Why do we need the humans? <laughs> and uh, I just thought I'd put that in there about the meaning and how Darren saw that how we treat the world today inspired him to make this movie. And the most controversial part in the film is, of course, Jennifer Lawrence, Mother Nature, is pregnant. Eight months pregnant. About to have the baby. And there's chaos going on left and right. And uh, you see people being killed. And I forgot to mention this cameo appearance by Kristen Wiig. I can't stand her, by the way, as an actress. She bothers me. I saw her in this movie come out of nowhere I'm like, ugh. And her character is so dislikable. She ends up shooting people. Like in religious protest, she has people like, uh, you know, tied up on the ground and she's executing them. Looks over at Mother Nature and she calls her the inspiration, right? And she's like, oh, inspiration, where have you been? And then she looks over at other people around her and says, Okay, you can get rid of her too. The way they treat Mother Nature, you can plainly see how Darren feels about it, about how we treat the earth, because they eventually just berate her. And we'll get into that right now. She's pregnant and she's about to give birth. The poet sees that she's about to give birth. They find a room to go to. She gives birth. She holds her baby. 
And the poet wants to hold him too. And she says, no fucking way. Stay away from me. (laughs) You let these people in our house. How dare you? And there's no way you're going to touch my baby. Because I think you'll hurt my baby. So the creator, the poet, looks at her, pulls up a chair, and waits. What's he waiting for? A weak moment where she falls asleep. And uh, Mother Nature's nodding off. Ah, wakes up. She must have been up for days. She finally nods off. Seconds later, she awakens. Baby gone. Uh-oh. She runs out of the room. Sees the poet. The creator, God. With the newborn baby. <laughs> Before you know it, the crowd, the humans, have the baby. Uh, they have the baby like the crowd surfing. The baby is being transferred over from hand to hand. They're, you know, the crowd's cheering. Yay! This is supposed to be the Savior. Jesus Christ, of course. The New Testament. The Creator's Son. Moments later. And this is why I think most people despise this movie. And I can see why. The baby's neck snaps and dies. Mother is going out of her mind, of course. Just barreling away through people. What did you do? What is going on? Screaming. She gets to the end of this mob. And there's like an altar. With the baby in pieces. They're already eating him in pieces. Like the Eucharist that they do in church. Where you have, they call it the Eucharist. It's the body of Christ. I was raised Catholic. Every week. I ate the wafer that was Jesus. That's a way that we can uh, accept him. Uh, It's strange. Even back then, I felt it to be quite strange. And Darren goes ahead, puts this in the movie. The fact that religion uh, looks at Jesus. He died for our sins. Uh, He'll never be dead. He'll always be with us. And this happens in the film. And I think it's just disturbing because it was a baby. I get it. It's really fucked up that they're eating a baby. But religions like that, man. I mean, think about it. They say this is the body of Christ. This is the blood of Christ. Eat it. Drink it. In remembrance of him. Eating a part of him. And Darren put this in the movie, man. Brave move disturbing, thought-provoking, all this stuff, man. I walked away from this movie going, God, jeez, <laughs> what's really going on? Uh, and then the end of the film, of course, she can't take it anymore after this. She's actually killing some of the people that are eating her son, deservedly so. She loses it, goes downstairs, Lights everything on fire. Boom! Big explosion. And a cleansing happens. Of course, the creator, the poet, God, untouched by the explosion, Carrie's mother, who is now scarred, burnt up, like a crispy, crispy, crispy thing. She's looking up, still looking up at him with adoring eyes. She says, who are you? And he says, I am I. And she says, who am I? And she says, or he says, you are home. 
places her on a slab. And she once again tells him, I gave you everything. And I loved you more than you loved me. And the very last scene where he takes even more from her. He needs that thing from her. That inspiration that's inside. And he asks for it. And she gives it to him. She says, you can open up my chest. He reaches down, takes out her heart, looks down, and it's the crystal. Puts the crystal back on its little pedestal. And the cycle begins again. The beginning. We're going to try it again. Then you see the last very shot is the woman, mother, lying in bed, just like in the beginning of the movie. And she wakes up, and you can tell it's not Jennifer Lawrence. It's a new actress. And the cycle starts again with a new mother. Folks, 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 go out, see this movie, Mother, do it, see it. It is so different, inspirational. It'll make you think you want it. You want films to do that. And if you're religious, this is, I believe it does not take away from any religion at all. This is Darren, the director, his view on life, religion, earth, Everything about art, about his part in life. This Darren guy, Aronofsky, he's a director, he's a writer, producer, he's an artist. And he knows what fame is. And I'm sure he's adored by fans. He knows what it, what that's like. And he put that aspect of it into the movie. The adulation that he gets from fans, that's the way we portray God. We are fans of God, people. It's true when you think about it. We give him praise. We thank him for things that he has given us in our lives. And he makes us want to be better. Do good things. Do great things. Because he was a creator, man. God is an artist. Right? He is. Has to be. Look what he created. It's beautiful. It's complex. Things have meaning. He gave humans the ability to have deep thought, reason, build, create, always improve, always getting better, wanting better things. And in that process, we give thanks to our creator who did these wonderful things. And what it means to us. That there's a reason why we're here. That there's a reason why we choose to love. We choose to hate. And we choose to destroy. We use our insecurities to create chaos. Uh, We can't help it. And God will always forgive. Right? No matter what we do. How bad we fuck up. And we always do. God will be there for us. The creator. The ultimate being. And forgive. And if you feel in your heart. That you're wrong. And you know you did wrong. Then that's the point. But never give up. The. Ability. To love. 
take a moment, think about people in your life, situations that have happened where you may hold spite over someone and how horrible that really is. Call them up. Be the bigger person. Say you're sorry. Use art as inspiration in your life. I'm making this a point now. Most of my podcasts recently have dealt with the fact that art is important. In this film, Mother made me realize that and how you can use art and put meaning behind it. Make people think that's what art is all about. Thank you for listening to this edition of The Actors Room. My name is Jeff Tarowski, and I hope those of you out there that have seen this movie got a little something out of it you may not have known about the movie, and those of you who have not seen it yet, and you're listening to this podcast, this episode, going, I don't think this movie's for me. I hope that's not true. If Even if you're thinking it's not for you, watch it anyways. It's intriguing, right? You may hate it, or... You might be inspired. It's going to make you feel something. Whether it's good or bad, it's going to make you feel something. Like The Passion of the Christ, the movie that Mel Gibson did. I can only watch that once, but that was awesome. Mel Gibson. Wow. Before I end this episode... I want to give a few tidbits about this film before I end it. Jennifer Lawrence was blown away by Michelle Pfeiffer's acting. She was so blown away that there were times she forgot her lines. It also says that Michelle Pfeiffer's eyes are engaging. Beautiful eyes. She's right. Lawrence was so into her character as Mother Nature. She would hyperventilate and she actually cracked one of her ribs. Many people admit to walking out of this movie in the theater. Lawrence and the director, Aronofsky, they're an item. When they met on this picture, they started dating. (laughs) Way to go, man. Damn, Darren. She's hot. I'm a big fan of her. All right. The original title of this movie, okay, was Day Six. And that, of course, is in reference to the world being built by God in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. Wow, folks. Thanks for listening. I hope all of you out there had a great day, great evening. Please enjoy yourself. Put in a movie. Enjoy it. A movie where you and your family or you and your wife or friends, relatives, whatever the case might be, a movie that is engaging, a movie that you can sit down and then when it's over, have a conversation about. Those are the best. You talk about it afterwards and what it means to you. That's art. That's life, baby. All right. Have a great day. God bless you. Have a good one.